Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Lord, it's by your grace that we can be here today. By your grace that we can have a church. Have the word, have the Holy Spirit. It's by your grace, Lord, that we can be the blessing to many nations in this world. We feel humble, Lord. We know, Lord, we don't deserve to be used by you, but it's because of your grace. We thank you, Father, for this offering that it will be used for the great commission. Lord, before we leave this world to be with you for eternity, we want to live a legacy, live good things. The goodness of God to the next generation. Oh Lord, Jesus, Lord, the whole church, everybody here as a team to bless the nation for you. Thank you, Lord. Bless the hand that give today, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. This morning, I would like to share introduction of the grace of God. Just. Talk about the general idea about the grace of God, and I believe that this teaching series will be a great blessing to all of you. The subject of the grace of God is a big, big subject. It's so important to understand. The Bible says that we receive salvation by grace through faith. So everything that God Would do for us, or has done for us, and did for us, comes by grace. We want to receive more from God. We need to learn about grace, to receive from Him, and we need to build up faith. The word of God that we hear from the sermon will build our faith and connect our faith to grace. And by this connection, both faith and grace. We can put our hand up and receive from heaven, so that we can have more to be the blessing to our spouse, to our children, and to people around us. So we're going to talk about the grace of God in this camp, and I know we will not be able to finish it in this camp for sure. We're going to continue for many, many months because I want to go very slowly. People call the grace of God unmerited favor of God, the favor from God that we don't deserve. We don't earn it. We don't buy it. We don't do something to get it by our own ability. In this camp, we're going to learn that it's much more than just unmerited favor. You know, when you hear the definition, sometimes you just oh, it's a nice abstract. It's a nice word, but you don't know how to apply into your life. So in this camp, we're going to learn how to apply the word or the subject of grace in our life. We are saved by grace. No one can do good things enough. No one can be good enough to be saved, to receive salvation, to receive forgiveness of sin, and to be in heaven, to receive healing and miracles and deliverance from God, and receive everything in our life by the grace of God. We have the Holy Spirit by the grace of God. We understand the Bible. By the grace of God, everything that come to us is by His grace, and thank God. God gives 
to every believer some measure of grace, and we can have more grace as time goes by. But we all have some measure of grace. That grace starts from being saved from sin. Knowing Jesus the first day, when you give your life to Jesus the first day, that is the grace of God. That is the beginning journey of the grace of God. But after that, the grace of God continues to work day by day. And it can increase every day, every year. I noticed in my life in the past 30 years, the grace of God and in Pastor Da's life also has increased so much. I mean, some of you have known me for almost 27 years now. And you know that the grace of God has increased in our life. And I see the grace of God has increased in your life as well. The reason He gave us the grace, because even before we were born, He already knew us, and He already had the best plan for our life. We were not born into the world just to fill up the space in the world. God allowed us to be born to fulfill the purpose of God on earth here. We live a short life on this earth compared to eternity. Just very brief period and then we will be in heaven for eternity. But while we are on earth, God has a purpose and a plan for us. God wants us to do something for Him, for His purpose in our generation. And in order to fulfill the purpose of God, we need the grace to get the job done. The same thing as... Adam, God has a purpose for Adam to take the blessing and multiply it and fill the earth to expand the Garden of Eden. In order to do that, God gave Adam the blessing. And that blessing, Adam did not deserve it. It came by grace. The same thing today, we have a purpose in life. You all have a purpose of God in your life. God has a mission for you to do. God wants you to be who He called you to do. Some of you, God gives you so much grace to be able to play piano. And when you touch piano and move your hand, wow, the song comes out so beautifully. And people just enter into the presence of God because God gave you the grace to play piano, to be able to lead in worship. Last night, I saw Pastor Kenny's son, lead worship. His name is Joseph. He was leading worship in a youth group last night. And I look at Pastor Da's eye, and we look at each other's eyes, and we nod our head, look at the grace of God on this man. He was growing up in the church, and God put the grace upon him to be able to lead worship at young age. He's, he hasn't even turned 20 years old yet. He was leading worship better than me, because the grace of God is upon him to lead Worship, to be able to sing. If I sing, you're going to be running out of this room because I sing off-key all the time. But he was able to play bass and sing at the same time. So as Christians, we need to understand that we are not just sailing through life, live day by day for our own comfort, for our own pleasure, for our own big house and nice yard and 401k and education and have money to save in the bank. Just live day by day for those things. No, we have a purpose to live on this earth. God has given us all these good things, the nice house, the car, the business, the education, by His grace, so that we can use those things to fulfill 
the purpose of God that He put upon our life since we were born from our mother's womb. I was born from my mother's womb in 1953. I did not even know that I would become a pastor and preacher like this. But God knew about my life since I was born. And if you look in the Bible, you can see that every person that mentioned in the Bible received the purpose of God in their life. Moses, Abraham, David, Joseph, Peter, Paul, Matthew, Mary, Ruth, Esther, Mordecai, Isaac, Jacob, everyone in the Bible, if you read it carefully, read the word of God carefully, you will find out that all of them have the calling and the purpose of heaven in their life. And God gave them the grace to get the job done so that God's purpose on earth will be fulfilled. Galatians chapter 1, verses 13 to 16, the Apostle Paul recognized the grace of God in his life to get the job done for the Lord. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many Jews of my own age and was extremely Zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But, God intervened. But, when God, this happened to me. I was a Buddhist. I did not like the church. I did not like Christianity. I was a devout Buddhist. I hate Christians. But, when God, who set me apart from birth and called me by His grace, God knew all of us from birth. And He wanted to pick us up out of the crowd, put the grace upon us to get the job done for Him in different parts of the world and different cities. Was pleased to reveal His Son in me so that I might preach Him among the Gentiles. I did not consult any man. Paul recognized that by the grace of God, not because he was a smart man, not because he had a PhD diploma, not because he was a good-looking man, but by the grace of God, God picked him, set him apart, put the grace, put the supernatural ability and opportunities for him to be able to preach Jesus Christ among the Gentiles. Amen? Because he had the grace to get the job done. God gave you the grace as well to get the job done for him. God has a plan for your life as well. It's important homework for you. After this camp, you kneel down and pray to God. God, at this time of my life, at this chapter of my life, what do you want me to do for you? What is the purpose of my life at this time? You know, your chapter may change. We have different chapters. You may start from doing something, and later on, God promoted you to do another thing. But at this time, at this moment, what is the purpose of God in your life? You need to find out. 
you move into it, and when you step into that purpose, the grace will be upon you, and you will fly like an eagle. You feel like the hand of God just carry you up, carry you, and you just move in that grace, and you're gonna see so many wonderful things happen in front of your eyes because. You find the purpose of God in your life. You find the grace of God, and you have so much favor and grace from God in your life. Jeremiah, chapter one, verse five: Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God already set apart Jeremiah to be a prophet for the nations. God may set some of you apart to be a worship leader in your church. God may set you apart to do the campus ministry in your church from the beginning. God may set you apart to be a good mother who can raise the good kid, godly kid, and you can encourage other mothers in the church because you're just a strong woman of God. Everywhere you go, the grace of God is upon you. And when you walk into the room, all the other mothers who are discouraged look at your face. Oh, Kayla, I need to grow up like you. I need to be a strong mom like you. I need to be a godly mom like you. You're a good example. The grace of God is upon you to encourage all the mothers in the church. Some of you may have the grace to help your pastor to do the video ministry, recording ministry. Or anything, or maybe some of you know. Wow, I have the grace to preach, so I can uh, help him to translate the lesson into different languages or something like that. You see, God has a purpose for you to get the job done. It's our responsibility to find the purpose of God in our life. Don't just live day by day. Let God use you. I spoke to God many times when I have a quiet time. I would speak to God, Lord. I'm getting older, and I know I'm gonna live at least maybe 50, 60 more years. I pray that I will live that long, but I pray that before I die and my body is in the tomb or in the ground, I say, God, I want to fulfill the things that you call me to do. I want to get the job done for you. Definitely, because I speak Thai. I pray that my life and Pastor Da's life will make it such a big impact to Thailand and Laos. That all the Thai people in Thailand and Laotian people around the world will know God, revive, and they will be on fire for God. And the teaching that we produce in this church will stay years and years and years in the website. Even though Pastor Dan, Pastor Lau already went up to heaven, but he still stay here to feed God's people, to keep feeding God's people, and God's people will be blessed and strengthened by the teaching from New Hope International Church for eternity until Jesus come back. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Definitely, God will not use me and Pastor Dan only for Thai and Laotian people. But God can use us for other nationalities as well. Now I have a burden for Europe. Now after I went for many times, I began to have a burden to see revival happen in Europe. 
So my heart is burning to see that nation. If you see the condition of people in Europe, you can tell that they really need the fire of God. They need the good teaching. They really need our help. Our church together, we're going to help people in European countries to come to know the Lord. This is just the beginning. Don't look down on the days of small things. Amen? Amen. We, we start small, but it will never stay small forever. Every church, small church, you will not stay small. Don't look down on the days of small things. It will grow. It will become bigger. As the grace of God come upon you, it will multiply. Amen? By the grace of God. Luke chapter 12, verses 47 to 48. That servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready or does not do what his master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does think deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. This scripture talks about the expectation from God. After you find out the purpose of God, and you receive the grace of God, God say that you know that you have the grace upon your life. You know that I call you to do something. The next thing is that you say, Lord, use me. Here I am. I'm going to make the most of your grace in my life. I will not waste the grace of God in my life away, even one ounce, even one cc. All the grace that you give to me will be used to the fullest because I don't want to stand before God on that day and he say, I have given you so much, but you waste it away. I have given you so much, but you don't even care. Jesus used very strong word. Christians who know their calling, who know that they have the grace, and then just put the grace under the ground, going to be beaten more than people who don't know. What does it mean? Jesus expects us to walk in the grace and let that grace flow through us to the maximum as much as we can. Use everything. Amen? Amen. Don't just sit around, do nothing. You need to use whatever God has given to you for the purpose of God. Our God is a fair and just God. No question. God has given us different measure of grace. Some of us has more grace than others. But He is fair still. Don't compare yourself with other people. Don't blame God that why he has more grace than me. We're going to learn in detail later on how we can increase the grace in our life. It's not in the subject today, in the sermon today. But we all have some measure of grace. Are we going to use the grace to the maximum that God has given to us? Amen? God allow us to go through life. So many things that happen to us by the grace of God. Now I look back. It's the grace of God that I met missionaries from America, India, 1981. And I heard the gospel from this missionary. Now I see that it's by the grace of God that God allowed me to be trained by 
Baptist American Missionary in Chanthaburi, East part of Thailand. Now I see it's by the grace of God that He sent me to Seattle, and it's by the grace of God He allowed me to marry Pastor Da. Yesterday, Pastor Da cooked breakfast for seven guests in our home. We have seven people in our home. In the past couple of days, she woke up, cooked all the breakfast, feed them, and I just watch her, and I say, "Wow! If I met this lady again, I'm gonna ask her to marry me again." She's so sweet. She's so hospitable. She's so generous. She opened her home. She cooked. She when she just sit down on the breakfast table. Oh, I already feel good. Feel so peaceful. That is the grace of God for my life. That God allowed me to marry Pastor Da. Amen. All the husband turn. All, all the boyfriend turn to your wife and say, "You are the grace of God in my life." Speak it out loud. Amen. God give you grace to be able to come to this camp today, to be able to hear this message. By the grace of God, you find this church and you join the church. By the grace of God, some of you, like Pastor Caesar. Grew up in the church, and his dad and mom always say, "You have to be in the church on Sunday." At that time, he may not like it, but now look back. It's the grace of God that some of you grew up in a Christian home with godly parents who love and pray for you and teach you, and always force you to go to church for a while, and eventually you like to go to church. It's the grace of God that God allowed those things to happen in your life. It's by the grace of God that you have to go through some hardships, that you learn so many lessons. Thank God, in the past 30 years, I have faced so many disappointment and hardships in the ministry. When I invited the file of God into the church, wow! I got persecuted, I got rejected by people, and I faced all the problem in the church in the past 30 years. But now I understand what Second Corinthians chapter one verses three to four say. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comfort us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Oh, now I understand. Why God allowed me to go through all this disappointment and hardships and persecution? Because now, when a pastor in Germany skyped me, Pastor, I'm so discouraged today. I face a problem right now. I read the Skype, and I smile and laugh. Oh, piece of cake! I went through that ten years ago. So I skype back. Don't worry. The grace of God is on you. It's a piece of cake. Don't make it so big deal. And when I went to Germany, all the problems that she talked about, that she said she cannot sleep, she cannot eat, resolved by the grace of God, and everything was good now. <laughs> everything turned out to be okay because of the grace of God. You see, if I did not go through all those hardships, I would not be able to give counseling to all these young pastor, to these new churches. But God allowed it to happen. For the benefit of those who come later on, so that we can see 
that God's grace is upon His people. By the grace of God, some of you may grow up in the good family. Some of you, by the grace of God, you can speak Mandarin so that you can reach out to the Mandarin-speaking people. Many of you, by the grace of God, God allow you to be born in Indonesia so that you can speak Indonesian. By the grace of God, some of us know to use sign language to speak to people that cannot hear. It's by the grace of God that God allow all this ability to happen in us. Timothy, by the grace of God, his mother and his grandmother taught him the Bible since he was a young man. Therefore, we need to make the most of the grace of God. Amen? Everything that you have, everything that you went through, everything that God has given to you is the grace for the purpose of God in your life. From now on, don't waste those things away. Use everything that God has given to you to the maximum. God gave Paul the grace in order to preach the gospel to the Gentile. God gave him the grace to be trained by Barnabas for a while. He was a leader in the church in Antioch, the first Gentile church for a while. Trained him up so that he would be ready to be sent out for apostolic work. Actually, I went to Germany this time. And I talked to Pastor Da and some people from Europe that, in fact, 10 years ago, I would not be ready to be here in Europe. I would not be ready to come here. But it's a right timing. God, by His grace, prepared Pastor La and Pastor Da for the right timing to show up in Europe to preach to German people. God prepared me to handle the international people in America long enough so that I know how to handle German and Swiss men. And they all love me because I know how to show love to all these European people by handling all the international people in my own church. If I just came right out from Thailand, I would not be able to handle all these Swiss men and German men in European country. Amen? Amen. It's just the grace of God. God prepare me by grace. So I need to... Use the grace of God to the maximum. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 9 to 10. For I am the least of all the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Everyone say, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace... To me, was not without effect. Or in other words, the grace of God to me was not in vain. No, I work harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was in me. You see, the attitude of Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul realized that he was who he was. He was an apostle by the grace of God. He was a teacher of the word by the grace of God. He was able to preach to the Gentiles and planted many, many churches because of the grace of God. And he said, I'm not going to let the grace of God go in vain. I will work hard to get the grace of God effective in my life. 
We all gonna stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And Luke chapter 12 warns us, "Don't waste the grace of God away." Jesus would not be happy. We need to use everything in our life for the purpose of the kingdom of God. We should respond to the grace of God in faithfulness, commitment, obedience, and tenacity. Keep going. Fulfill the promise of God. Amen. How many people say I'm gonna try to find the purpose of God in my life? Raise your hand up. How many people say from now on I will make the most of the grace of God in my life? Raise your hand up. How many people say on that day when I stand before Jesus, He would smile and say, "Thumb up, good and faithful servant. You have done everything." The best you can for me, Amen. Let us pray, Father. We thank you so much for this teaching to remind us of the purpose of the grace of God, not just to go to heaven, not just receive the forgiveness of sin, but to fulfill the purpose that you have for each and every one of us here. Lord, help your people who listen to this teaching right now to find. The special purpose and plan for their life that you have ordained for them before they were born from their mother's womb, Lord. And Lord, may the Holy Spirit open their spiritual eyes to see the grace in their life, the favor of God in their life, so that they can make the most of the grace. Lord, teach us in this camp. Educate us. The subject of the grace of God, help us to grow up in this area, Lord. And Lord, we promise you, we will be the doer of the word, not just the hearer of the word. We thank you so much, Lord, for feeding your sheep in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. This morning, I would like to continue to share about the grace of God. Continue from yesterday morning. I did not have a chance to finish the sermon from yesterday morning. Yesterday, we have learned that we all have a measure of faith. We need to understand that God gives us faith and grace and favor for His purpose. We are not here by accident. We are here on earth with. The A purpose of God in our life, and God knows that Adam could not get the job done without the blessing, without the power, without the grace. So He gave Adam the grace, the blessing, the power, and dominion. In the same way, God realized that we could not finish or accomplish what God called us to do without His grace, which include. Anointing, power, opportunities, ability, wisdom, strength, help, support, protection. We need the grace to get the job done. And we have learned also that we should not treat the grace of God in such a way that it just wastes away. We should not make the grace of God in vain. First Corinthians fifteen nine to ten. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, 
Because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace to me was not without effect. No, I work harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was in me. The apostle Paul was used greatly by God because he was a man of good attitude. He had a very good heart. He realized that. He received the grace of God to be able to preach to be an apostle. He did not want the grace of God in his life to go in vain. He even worked harder to get the job done. So you can see the two sides of the kingdom of God here. God's side, God gives us the grace, the favor, more grace. On our side, we have to play our part. We work hard. We don't let the grace of God go in vain. We do everything we can to fulfill the vision, the calling, and the purpose of God in our life. Yesterday, I gave advice to a church here, and I told them that I learned some principle of how to build the house of God. And I said that three words that I want to share with them. Number one, faith. You need to build the church by faith, because when you have faith, the grace of God will be ignited and will work. Then God will send people into your church supernaturally. God will grow the church supernaturally because you have faith and confidence that God will build this church with you. Number two, excellence. Excellence means your part. You need to prepare the best you can. If you are the guitar man of the worship team, you practice, you practice, you excel in what you do. You're gonna lead worship. You remember your song. You do everything the best you can. Excel your part, like Paul say here. I work hard than anyone else. He excel to let the grace of God become effective through his life. We need to do our part. To do the best we can to excel, and number three, the anointing. When you serve God, you need the anointing. You need the power of the Holy Spirit, and that again go back to grace, faith, man part excellence, and the grace, the anointing, will make it effective. The grace of God flow through you when you do your part to prepare yourself the best you can. I want to encourage people who are pioneering the church in Illinois, in Iowa, or in Las Vegas. If you are lazy, you don't listen to the teaching. You don't get yourself prepared in the Word. You are not praying. You are not doing your homework. Then don't blame God that the church doesn't grow, because you have to be diligent. To do everything, excel in everything you can. Amen. That's how you show to God, I'm not gonna let your grace in my life go in vain, because I do my part to cooperate with you, work as a co-worker with God. The Bible say that one day we're gonna stand before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. Matthew 16:27. It's good to be reminded that one day, all of us, no exception, whether you are pastor or not pastor, 
we will stand before Jesus and give an account of how we live on earth before His throne. Every time I, I'm tempted to goof off or to backslide or to give up, the Holy Spirit reminded me, Son, are you ready to stand before me, before Jesus? And when I heard that, I wake up and say, oh, no, no, I cannot backslide because I'm going to have to stand before the Lord Jesus one day. I need to give report of my life, how I live on earth. I want him to be happy with me. He loved me so much. How can I hurt his feeling? I don't want to grieve God. He loved me. He died for me. The last thing in my life to do, that I, actually I don't want to do it, is to grieve the heart of Jesus Christ. Matthew 16, 27, For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. He did not say according to his grace, but according to his work. God gives grace, but we need to work. Amen? He rewards you according to your work. What do you do with the grace? You're going to put the grace in the ground, or you're going to let the grace flow to you and you pull up your sleeve and do something about it. This is important. We need to work. We need to use the grace that God gives to us for fulfilling the purpose of God in our life. 1 Corinthians 4, 5, Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes. Who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come before God. On that last day, when we all stand before the Lord, it's going to be revealed that you serve God. You use the grace of God for finances to, for your own personal gain or not. On that day, even though no one in the church knows your motive. But on the last day, the light will shine. The fire of God will come and reveal your motive. Reveal your attitude. Reveal what do you do with your grace. What kind of motive you have. What kind of gain you have in your life. So we have to really examine our life how we're going to Work with the grace of God, the attitude, the motive. Are we faithful? Are we committed? Are we allowing the grace of God to go without effect? Or we do the best we can? If God gives you the grace to be singer in the worship team, you practice, you go to the voice class, learn how to use your voice, learn how to sing the best you can, and you believe in the anointing, that when you sing, the Holy Spirit will move and people get healed before even the pastor lay hand on people. You need to have that kind of excellent attitude. You need to have that kind of mentality that God, I will work the best for you by depending on your grace. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, 
which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me. Everyone say, the grace given to me. You need to put your name in that scripture. We realize the mercy of God upon our life because He showed His love to us first, because He showed His mercy to us first. We are willing to lay down our life as a living sacrifice. Use me, Lord. Whatever you want me to do for you, I will be faithful. If you want me to help pastor to build a care group, I can guarantee God I will be there every Friday night to set up the chair, to prepare the worship, to prepare the communion tray. I will be there. I give my life as a living sacrifice because I recognize your mercy upon my life. I'm not going to be a rebellious child. I'm not going to be a goofy child of God to do whatever I want. I will be faithful. I will be committed. You can count on me because you put the grace upon my life. You can use me. You can depend on me on earth here. I will excel in everything I do. And I will live a holy life acceptable to you. To everyone, not the, the grace of God, not only giving to Paul, but to everyone who is among you. Everyone say, including me. Amen. The grace of God is not only for Paul or for the pastor, but for everyone, okay? Among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. God gives us a measure of grace. God gives us a measure of faith, and He knows how much you have. The key is, whatever measure you have, do the best to the maximum, to the fullness of the faith you have, the grace you have. And as you are faithful in little things to give to God, what you have, God will give more. God gives to the faithful because He knows that you are not going to waste the faith and the grace away. You do the best you can with what you have now. And I have been serving God for more than 30 years now. And I have been doing this for 30 years. Everything God gives to me, I do the best I can. When I lay hand, I lay hand the best I can. When I preach, I prepare the sermon. I read the sermon. I want to come up to excel in my preaching. If I say something wrong in accent in English and some member come and correct me. I will do my best. I go back home and try to correct my accent because I want to preach the best I can to the local people here to understand what I say. I would do everything the best I can. Even I ask Pastor Da, what I should dress today to go to church? I ask her. Before I go to the mission trip, I ask Pastor Da to pick up the clothes for me because I want to dress the best for God on the pulpit. You see, everything I do, I want to honor the grace that God gives to me, the measure of faith. And as you go by, God keeps increasing and increasing in my life. More and more grace. We can do more now. We can reach out to more nations. We can reach out to all kinds of people because the 
grace has increased, and as the grace has increased in our church, you get it too. When the pastor has more grace, everyone else gets more grace too. It flows down to everybody, and we can do more for God. Amen. Hallelujah. I noticed one thing in our church. God has a special grace for our church regarding worship. We have three worship teams in the church. Our great anointed worship leader, and we have many drummers, many singers. And I noticed that grace flow into our fellowship churches everywhere. Eventually, all the fellowship churches have worship team too. The grace of worship flow into all the fellowship churches in our movement, in our group here. Amen. Hallelujah. So you need to receive it by faith. When you come to the camp, you see, wow, they have good worship. Yeah, for my church too. The grace is going to be in my church to see the great worship in Chiang Mai. Amen. In Thailand, in Arizona, the grace of God flow in. But all the worship team, all the singer and worshiper, I want to let you know, excel, practice. Don't come up last minute. You need to practice the best you can. Amen. I really honor the Sao team. This year, the Sao is excellent. The best of all the camps that we have. And do you know what? They came early. They sat there, set up the equipment, and they just spent hours and hours and hours to prepare everything, to excel everything. For the pastor to have the good voice and for you to hear the good voice in the meeting. They excelled the grace that God gave to them. When I go to record the video on Monday night, I thought that I told Pastor Da, I'm going to be there at 5.30. By 6.30, I should be done because the sharing the message will be only 40 minutes. Usually, I don't want to go more than 40 minutes. And it ends up that I come home around almost 7.30 to 8 p.m. And the reason, not because I preached more than one hour, because I watched the team that prepared the video camera, the light, everything, the sound, and I don't complain. I truly am proud of them. That they spend time, make sure the light behind my head is perfect. The sound, perfect. The video angle, perfect. And I'm so glad that we have the team who excel in the grace that God gave to them. Amen. I love that. And that is the heart of God. You excel. You do the best for the kingdom of God. Whatever God has given to you. And God will honor you. And God will give you the increase. And God will use you, even impact more people around the world. Because you have the right heart. Because you honor God. You Give your life as a living sacrifice. You do the best for the kingdom of God. And every church that want to build, if you build a church in Illinois, you do the best for God. You learn, you're diligent, you work hard, you study the word, you learn, you fly here, learn how to disciple, how to run the care group. You need to really work hard to learn and study and get yourself ready to be the soldier of God. Amen? I promise God one thing. I'm not going to build a church that will cater or please people flesh. I want to build a church that produce armies, produce soldiers that can go and shut hell and open heaven. 
carnal Christians, Christians who come to church for pleasing the flesh, cannot reach to the world, cannot shake the world, cannot upside down the world. Paul did that. Paul put the world upside down by the gospel because in that generation, believers are the soldier. They preach the gospel. They have the power. They did not. Abuse the grace of God in their life. They do the best they can. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow, this is just reviewing from yesterday. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12, 14 to 17. Hebrews 12, 14 to 17. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one misses. The grace of God, that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Everyone say, root of bitterness. Everyone say, no one misses the grace of God. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau. God called Esau a man without God. Godless means no God in his heart. He doesn't care about God things. Who for a single meal sold his inheritance right as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, this grace, the blessing of Abraham that come from Abraham into Isaac and it should go to Esau because he was the firstborn son. He had the right to receive the blessing of Abraham. He had the right to be the ancestor of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. But he sold it to the soup. He lost that right. He wanted to inherit this blessing. He was rejected. He could bring about no change of mind, though he sought the blessing with tears. This is a very powerful scripture to warn the people in the church in this 21st century. The author of Hebrews warned us that we should not miss the grace of God. God wants to give you more grace to do more things for Him. But you just, bye-bye. I don't want it. You miss it. Then God going to look for other people who say yes. You know, God's plan will never fail. If you deny, you miss the grace, He's going to pick up somebody else. Amen? Amen? If I did not respond to God to bring the file of God to Thailand, believe me, God's going to find somebody else. But thank God I'm not Esau. I'm Jacob. I'm, actually, I'm the youngest son in the family. <laughs> so I'm younger. I do not miss the grace of God. After the Bible warned us not to miss the grace of God, then he talked about sexually immoral, which means the flesh. Then he talked about Esau, who sold the birthright for the stomach, for the flesh, to meet the desire of the flesh. And then God called this bitter root. Bitter root means you have something, the root of the tree, you pull out and when you bite, oops, it's bitter. It's very bitter. And where did this come from? It came from the Old Testament. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 29, verse 18, the phrase bitter root means 
idolatry. It means you worship your flesh, you worship other things, money, a handsome man, a beautiful girl, comfort of life, money more than the grace of God. You value other things, man, idols, anything else more than the grace of God. Deuteronomy 29 verse 18, the Bible says, Make sure that there is no man or woman, clan or tribe among you today whose heart turns away from the Lord, our God, to go and worship the gods of those nations. Talking about idolatry. Worship other gods. Today, it may not be an idol, but today you worship your own flesh. You worship money. You worship your own desire your fleshly desire, you worship your boyfriend more than God. You are willing to just blow it out. You just blow the grace of God out and say, I want to marry you. You just look so handsome. Oh, my flesh. I need somebody to live with me in my home. The grace. Bye-bye. I want this soup. The soup name. I don't want to mention the name. Make sure that there is no root among you that produces such bitter poison. Bitter root in the Bible means idolatry. It means that you value other things in the world. Either your own design, your own stomach, big house, boyfriend, girlfriend, anything else. Position, reputation. Money more than the grace of God. The birthright, the opportunity to be used by God, the privilege and honor to be a part of the kingdom of God, to build churches, to bring revival to the nations. You throw it away and you choose something else. I learned after I've become a pastor for a long time and know the Word of God, I used to be very easily discouraged when I see people walk away from the grace of God. I feel bad about that decision. But lately, I realize now that there are four kinds of people in the world, four kinds of soil. There are four kinds of hearts. The heart is like a pavement, the rocky soil, the soil with thorns, and the good soil. People who value the grace of God are those who are the good soil. Definitely, there will be people who come to church. I hope it's not 75%, three out of four. Four kinds of soil. I hope this, the bad soil will be very little amount, one or two percent. They come in and eventually sow their birthright like Esau. Commit adultery with the world. Love the world more than the grace of God. Sell that birthright and walk away and say, bye-bye, pastor, I'm leaving the church. I don't care what you do. Or they serve, 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 and one day they just quit and walk away and say, oh, I need a break. I don't want this anymore. I'm too busy with my girlfriend right now. I'm busy with my internet. I'm busy with my job. I want to make more money right now. They are willing to sell their birthright or the grace of God for that soup. Everyone says soup. The soup today may not be the uh, 
sour soup, the sweet and sour soup in the Chinese restaurant. But it may be a beautiful lady. It may be money. Maybe a handsome man who come in and snatch you away from the kingdom of God. Amen. We must make the choice. Everyone, I cannot force you to make a choice. The Bible says, choose now the blessing or the cursing. Choose now the life or death. We have to choose every single day. Amen. I can preach, I can be example, but you make your own choice. And don't blame me if you make a wrong choice. It's your own choice. You pay the price later on. The Bible says that after Esau missed that chance, that opportunity and the honor to receive the birthright, he could not get it back. He cried and cried, Oh, I eat the soup and now the birthright has been given to my brother. Gone. Some people are like that. God give them opportunity. The pastor say, Come here. Do this ministry with me. And they just prideful and no, if you don't honor me, I'm leaving. And they left. And the pastor said, wow, you are so talented and you can do this job. You're so graced by God. You're so anointed by God. So the pastor had to turn around, look for somebody else. Okay, you come here. You do this job. And that person missed it because somebody already took the position. You see, don't give up. Don't walk away from the grace of God. Wow, today the sermon. Everyone sit quietly now. So convicted. I pray that all of us will not miss the grace of God. Amen. To Second uh, Corinthians chapter six verse one. Second Corinthians six one. We then, as workers together with Him, also plead with you. Plead, please. Not to receive the grace of God in vain. Please, don't waste the grace of God away. Don't let your flesh get stronger. Esau is about stomach. But some of you, maybe it's about your ego. Okay? It may be, ouch, now. Some of you, Maybe so good in computer. But then the pastor come in and say something to you that is opposite to what you think. Actually, the pastor was wrong in a sense. And then your ego rise up. You don't know what you're doing, pastor. But you're going to tell me, even though you know less than me, I quit. Bye-bye. Your ego, your flesh... But if you are patient, you say, okay, I'm going to prove myself that I am faithful in my grace, in the grace that I have about computer. You just hang in there. Hang in there. Don't quit. Just obey the pastor. Let him make mistake. And the outcome come out bad. And eventually he repent and say, oh, I'm sorry. I come back to you. Okay, okay. Tell me what you need to do. Now I understand that you know more than me now. But instead of walking away because your ego... Your flesh is so strong, you sell the birthright to, because you want to please your ego here, your flesh. You miss the grace of God again. Just hang in there. Let the pastor learn the lesson. <laughs> now I'm talking about myself. I make mistakes too. <laughs> Amen? You may be such a powerful musician, 
and you join the worship team, and then the pastor doesn't recognize you enough, and your ego rise up. Mm, he doesn't care about me. Look at me. I'm can do so well. I'm so graced to play piano. He doesn't care. I quit. You miss the grace of God. Amen. Amen. You need to hang in there. Be faithful. Excel. Ouch. Hallelujah. It's hot in here. Very hot. <laughs> James chapter four, verses four to five. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture say without reason that the Spirit He caused to live in us envies intensely? This Scripture will lead to the word grace in a few minutes. The Bible say you have to make choice. Either you love the world system, that handsome guy, that beautiful girl, that nice house, reputation. You're gonna please your flesh. The Bible says, if you become friendship with the world, you become friendship with your flesh. You are the enemy of God. Give us more grace. So God warned us beforehand. Hey, children, you have to choose between grace and between the world, between grace or your ego, between grace or your stomach or that money. You have to choose. Between grace or other things that cause you to be enemy of God, Amen. That is why the Scriptures say God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Why people don't have grace because of the pride in the inside? I am a great computer man. I know what I'm doing. I'm such a great singer and musicians. I, they need me so badly. They need to beg me. No, you humble yourself. Then you receive more grace. Grace with people, favor with people, and favor with men. Humble yourself and just die to your flesh. Living sacrifice. Die. Let God burn you. Burn the ego out. Burn your flesh out. Burn. Your pride out and become humble, and let God put the grace upon you by the fire of God. When the fire of God come on you, it will burn the ego, burn the flesh, and at the same time put in the grace. Amen. That's why I like the fire of God because when the fire of God touch you, burn all the junk out, so that you will not be Esau, you will be Jacob. And not only that, he will put more grace, and you can do more things for God. I have to admit that I have seen so many people, simple people around the world in Thailand, in Germany, in Seattle, in Los Angeles. I have seen so many simple people who come nothing, but after the fire of God touch them, the grace of God is upon them. They become a new person. They become so powerful and do the things that you cannot imagine. And God not only that. Bless their finances. Bless the business. I know one lady in northeast of Thailand. She is in udon. 
Before she came to our church, she was in broken, broken financially, broken mentally. She went to jail even. And when she came, she got touched by God. Now her business is doing well. Now she fly to Malaysia, move in the fire. She lead worship. Wow! She was a new woman because of the grace of God. She humbled herself. Hallelujah! Amen. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. You need to be humble. The Bible say, in order to get the grace of God more, submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Tomorrow morning and evening, we're gonna learn that the grace of God means the presence of God. Okay, tomorrow I'm gonna read the scripture tomorrow. Morning and afternoon and evening. Come near to God, and God will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinner, and purify your hearts. You double-minded. It means you have to make a choice. You're gonna choose God or choose the world. You're gonna choose grace or choose the idol. You're gonna choose grace or the stomach or the soup or the ego. You need to make choice. But the key is submit. To God, if God say, "Serve in this ministry," no if and or but. Even the pastor make mistake ten times, you stick there. You are my soldier. The great commander in heaven stationed you there. That is your station in that ministry. Just yes, my pastor make mistake ten times already. I'm gonna stick here. I'm not leaving this ministry. I submit to the call of God in my life. Yes. And I resist the devil. Do you know why it says resist the devil? Because the same story happened in the Garden of Eden. The devil will come in like a serpent and talk to you. You see, the pastor did not know anything. He made mistake again. Oh. You cannot work with this guy. Go to another ministry. Leave. The devil will speak to against the voice of God. The voice of God say, "No, stay there." But the devil say, "Leave. Stay. Leave." You have to submit to God. Devil, get out of here. I gonna stay. <laughs> and who will flee from you and draw near to God? If you feel hurt in the ministry, just come to the prayer line. God heal me, Lord. <laughs> draw near to God. Pray more. Read the Bible more. Get touched by the fire more. And when you draw near to God, God draw near to you. It means. The presence of God will come around you, and you can handle all this disappointment, all these conflicts in the ministry. And you should stay there. And you know, if I don't quit, the grace will increase in me. I humble myself to listen to my pastor, to listen to God. I resist the devil. Amen. Amen. And the grace will increase in your life. This morning, a lot of knife here. Cut! 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 <laughs> The secret is don't quit. 
submit to God, stay where God wants you to be, don't walk away, don't love the world more than God, see the value of the grace of God which is more valuable than gold and than anything else. Believe me, if you dump that guy because he is sent by the devil, okay, single woman, You dumped that guy because he was sent by the devil to steal the grace of God from you. If you stick with the grace, by his grace, he can send the right man to you later on. (laughs) You may feel that, oh, it's hard for me to find another boyfriend. Don't worry. With enough grace, a good man will come. <laughs> Hallelujah. Stick with the grace of God because it's better in the grace than in the flesh. The product of the flesh is corruption. But the product or the outcome of the grace is life, peace, joy, fruitfulness, and eternity. Amen. Choose grace, not stomach. Choose grace, not the soup. Choose grace, not the world. Humble yourself. Submit to God. Say no to the devil all the time. And stick with what God tells you to do. Amen? Draw near to God all the time. Love the presence of God. I want God to touch me. I want God to come around me. I draw near to you. Amen? Let me read the last scripture. 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10. 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We all have weaknesses. We all have shortcomings. We really need the grace of God in everything we do. Hook up to the grace of God, when you wake up, hook up right away. You need the grace of God in every single second. Amen? Amen. You may have to go out to work and you forget a hard drive that you want to show to your boss. But when you hook up to the grace of God, just before you walk, step into your car, oh, I forget the hard drive. You run back. Get the hard drive. Amen? The grace of God will help you in everything, in your weaknesses. Because we are weak, we may not remember everything, we may forget. We all are weak people. Hook up to the grace in everything you do. The blue dream today, hook up to the grace during the family fun game. The red team, you say, my red color looks like the blood of Jesus Christ. (laughs) So the grace will be stronger than the blue team. (laughs) 
<laughs> I depend on the blood. <laughs> so everything you do, typing computer, make a phone call. <laughs> so Joseph, oh Pastor Tyson, are you going to depend on the grace of God today? <laughs> Praise God, Amen, Hallelujah. How many people say from now on I will choose the grace? How many people say devil go away from me? How many people say, no matter how difficult, insult, and all hardships, I'm going to stick to the will of God. The grace of God is sufficient for me. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for reminding your church today the subject of the grace of God, which is worthy, which is Lord, more valuable than anything else in life. Because without your grace, we cannot do anything. But with your grace, Lord, we can do more things for you. We can one day stand before Jesus, our Lord, at the judgment seat of Christ. And we will receive the encouraging word from the Master, good and faithful servant. Come into the kingdom and rejoice. Lord, we're going to do our best. We're going to work hard, excel, prepare ourselves so that the grace of God can flow through us with a bigger result, with more fruit. Glory will be given to you. May your people who listen to this teaching be changed Repent and start a new life again. We will not be Esau, Lord. We will not entertain the bitter root. We will choose the grace and the presence of God. Thank you, Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible to you, my Lord and King. Nothing is Impossible Creator of all things You formed the world out of nothing You formed it by your hand Nothing is Impossible, nothing is impossible, nothing is impossible 
We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away by your only son. Bring me your tired, you said. Bring me your weak. Bring me your hungry masses. We seek your. 